This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt, he's at the five, touchdown Colorado State! Josh, you know who Wyoming's playing this week, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, it's Cheap Week. What'd you call it? Cheap Week. Cheap? Cheap Week. Oh, Sheep yeah. Week. Oh, Sheep Week. <laughs> now, why do, you call it, why do you call it Sheep Week? Uh, they're the sheep. They're not the Rams. They're the sheep. Oh, God, that's cold, bro. What was your record against CSU? It does, and always will suck to be a CSU Ram. Never lost to them. Uh, I won, and they're the... The old stadium they had, uh, I was on that team that beat them the last time ever there. Um, left a, a, a hopefully a, a sour taste in their mouth forever in that stadium. So, um, you know, I'm very proud to, to be Wyoming Cowboy. And I think we've won the last four now, and we're looking to you know, make it five. Damn, old rivalries do not die. No, never, never. Man, Josh Allen not holding back any punches when it comes to his hatred. For the CSU Rams, it's definitely border war week. Uh, you know, say what you will, but I, I do love the passion about it. That audio came from a conference call that he did with the Denver media. That, of course, is for the uh, Buffalo Bills versus Denver Broncos game that's coming up this week. But, man, I just uh, cracked me up when I heard it, if we're being honest. He was wrong, by the way. Uh, Wyoming has only won three in a row, not four in a row. Uh, but I'm not going to be that guy either. I'm not going to be like, actually, 
it's only three in a row. Well, three years in a row, four years in a row. What does it really matter? Wyoming has dominated this rivalry, you know, in recent history. It's been a streaky one. Before that, CSU uh, won a couple of games with Jim McElwain, won with Bobo as well. So, you know, we'll see how this game plays out. Not actually going to talk a ton of football. We are going to talk some recruiting here in just a second. Uh, CSU football picked up a uh, quarterback from Palmer Ridge, so a local QB. We're going to talk about that uh, shortly. Also going to talk about the disastrous game that was the Arkansas State men's basketball game last night. Man, I actually tried to record this podcast last night and had some Adobe issues. Uh, I got to get a new laptop, guys. My laptop, I've had my Mac for about uh, seven years now, which is pretty good if we're being honest, especially considering how much I use my computer, but just starting to kill me with some of this stuff. I'm having uh, programs crash repeatedly and had to re-download it today, so it's been a whole big ordeal. Uh, that's the reason that I had to record so late. Uh, so a lot of you guys listening to this podcast Friday, we're actually going to have another podcast come out Friday that's specifically tailored uh, to the border war, but First, I just kind of wanted to do this one and talk uh, specifically about hoops and CSU football recruiting, but you know we had to keep a little bit of border war material in there, uh, so I just led with the Josh Allen stuff. Uh, it's good stuff, man. I mean, I honestly wish I would have had an opportunity to get like Shaquille Barrett on the line or somebody like that, somebody that would have just really you know ripped into Wyoming. Joel Dreesen would have been another good one, somebody that just really hates Wyoming at their core because that's what makes college football just so much fun. That's what makes it a blast. And I'm glad that Josh Allen, you know, said it. I obviously am on the other side of it, but I just appreciate the fact that he really leaned into it and didn't just give the corny like, oh, you know, Wyoming has to go out there and execute. You know, he was like, screw that. I'm a Wyoming cowboy till I die. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Uh, kind of a double border war, if you will, because I feel like the entire state of Wyoming, they're like Broncos fans normally, uh, maybe Vikings fans too, but like now they're all Buffalo Bills fans because of him, so it's almost like a, a double representation of the border war this weekend with CSU Wyoming Friday night and then the Broncos playing the Bills on Sunday. Hopefully better outcomes for both the Rams and the Broncos because pretty brutal last weekend. Doesn't really get much worse than it was uh, last weekend with CSU and the Broncos both blowing double-digit leads in the second half to collapse in their respective contests. So hoping for a much better football week for fans along the front range because as somebody that watched, you know, every minute of both of those games, very brutal. Very brutal indeed. I'm really looking forward to the border war though, guys. Like, I know the I know the Air Force game was really 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 just a big letdown cuz I think that's what made it sting even more it was like it felt like a game they should have won and then they collapsed just total total bobo just classic I mean I know it's happened so many times but I just really genuinely think this is one of the the best rivalries in all of college football I know it's not the same scale as like you know the Iron Bowl or something like that, Texas, Oklahoma. But as far as smaller school goes, it, it it really doesn't get much better than this. The 
oldest continuous rivalry of the west of the Mississippi, the the boot running going from Fort Collins to Laramie. There's just so much history with this game and it's really unique. And I do, I do feel, you know, blessed to cover it on a yearly basis. That's sounded so corny. I don't even want to be that guy, but I do feel fortunate to get to be a part of it. It's something that I genuinely appreciate. So excited about it, excited to talk about it tomorrow. I'm going to have more written content. I obviously already had the piece coming out or that came out earlier this week talking about the the psychological warfare, that aspect of the game and how CSU was playing my video on loop and playing the fight song and some of that kind of stuff. So classic college football stuff, really fun. Um, by the way, this is completely random, by the way. This has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the podcast, but did you guys see that video circulating on Twitter of some like high school kid? He's like, it's like one of those dumb TikTok videos, which I'm going to sound like a boomer here, guys. Like, bear with me. But I think TikTok, TikTok is so lame. It's just like diet vine, and I don't get it. I'm not into it. I sound so old there, but I do not care. Uh, anyways, uh, former Grandview wide receiver, Grandview High School uh, in Colorado, Wyoming wide receiver as well, uh, Tanner Gentry, he posted this. this is the only reason. I saw it kind of had the border war on my mind, so that's probably why I was looking at his Twitter. But he um, he shared this video, and it's just like some teenage kid, and he's like asking his sister questions, and then she's asking him questions, and they smack each other uh, with like plastic bottles, like a two-liter bottle or something. And uh, he just like smacks the crap out of her, man. It really made me cringe. And Tanner Gentry, the former Cowboys wide receiver, he posted, you know, like, I would never like do this to my little sister for some clout, for some internet clout, like likes on the internet, like what a clown. And, uh, you know, I know it's supposed to be border war week and as CSU people are supposed to disagree with all things Wyoming, but I am totally on Tanner Gentry's side when it comes to this, uh, TikTok clown, uh, hitting his little sister. Like what the, f- I almost cussed there. W- what is that about? I just, I don't get it at all. Super lame. Don't, uh, don't do bad stuff. Don't be a bad person for internet clout you know you can be a good person on the internet and still be popular still get your likes or whatever uh so disappointing i <laughs> i don't want to be that guy that just like rails on the younger generation because there's nothing lamer than the like millennial takes but that was not a shining example uh for us so i will i will have to say that not the not the greatest examples but let's let's get back on track here as i said we we're going to talk about that Arkansas basketball state game. Uh, But just briefly, I want to talk a little bit of recruiting. Uh, Luke McAllister, quarterback out of Palmer Ridge, currently a junior, 2021 class. He committed to CSU on Twitter yesterday. Uh, Rams really recruiting Palmer Ridge heavily in recent years. Palmer Ridge has really been one of the best programs, especially down south. They've really dominated, had had a lot of postseason success in recent years. Uh, Aiden Cullen, defense, freshman defensive end, he came out of Palmer Ridge. Uh, really bright future ahead for that kid. I think he has a, I just know, high motor, high character kid. I'm always, always excited about those local guys that look like they can genuinely, you know, make an impact. And Cullen is one of those. But Luke McAllister, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna. I haven't seen a ton of him. This has just not been a great year for me as far as preps goes. I just. I've been so busy, you know, doing all this CSU stuff. I've not been able to 
watch as much high school football as I would like to. I really, really wish uh, there was an easier way to stream more local games. It is getting a lot better. I will say that in the last couple of years, it's gotten significantly better, but it's still pretty sparse. Uh, he is uh, Luke McAllister, six foot four, 187 pounds, listed as a three-star prospect according to 247 Sports. Uh, really nice numbers when you look at him. 108 of 170 pass attempts. Actually pretty good for Colorado uh, high school football. That volume, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks uh, in Colorado really only you know, attempted like 90, maybe 100 attempts. But he got 170 attempts this season. Completed 63.5% of them. Uh, what really impresses me, though, is 18.8 yards per attempt. So it's not just you know screens and dumb down. They're actually throwing the football down the field and trusting him to make reads and that kind of stuff that's important especially with these pro style quarterbacks you want guys not only that are you know good athletes and stuff but actually know what they're doing 22 touchdowns only two interceptions so he makes good good decisions with the football uh 2029 yards all all good things so encouraging that csu is able to land a decent you know prospect as far as that goes, he's still got an entire season to go, 2021 prospect, which means that a lot can happen if he just absolutely goes off his senior year. Some bigger schools could come knocking, you know, other stuff could happen. Who knows? You know, just the recruiting cycle is really fickle, but it seemed like a pretty solid commitment based on, you know, his Twitter post and just some of the stuff. I know he visited a couple of times, so really really encouraging to see CSU recruiting even you know and not necessarily the the best of times obviously not the the most ideal season but hey pretty pretty nice the one thing I was looking at all eight of CSU's 2020 commits so go, going to 2020 now uh, they're all three-star players I don't even actually know what that means if we're being completely honest like the difference between a two and a four star player most of the time is so minuscule and these ratings are just so subjective and really really skew towards the power programs so like if you get some if a bigger school starts sniffing you if they offer you all of a sudden you go from a two star to a four star you're viewed as a four star and then you commit to a g5 school and suddenly you're a two star so who knows what any of these things actually mean but i will say that in years past uh, CSU's commits were usually uh, more often like unranked or two stars. Now it seems like they're pretty much base level as three stars, sometimes even snagging the occasional four star. And then in the case of transfers every now and then, they've actually been able to get a couple of five stars, but none of them have been out of high school. They've just all been transfers. So, uh, you know, Bobo's always recruited well. That's never been the knock on him. Uh, you could say development to an extent has somewhat been an issue I guess some criticism can go on the strength staff um, in years past but we'll see how it plays out obviously these next two games really important Uh, it's gonna be so interesting how all of this ends up playing out with the new uh, recruiting rules in the early signing period like if you're gonna make a change at your head coach there's just a lot more pressure on schools to act fast but as I've laid out multiple times, the buyout just, it makes this whole thing tricky. And honestly, like I'm not even, adv- this isn't even a advocate, I'm not advocating for CSU to to move on. I'm not even saying that they have to fire him or anything like that. That's 
not necessarily my opinion. I think if they did move on, I would definitely understand it. I mean, it, they just have not had the success that they need in the big moments. But as they say, if they win these two games, you know, it's why they it's why they play them. So we'll see what ends up happening. Let's talk a little CSU hoops. Uh, first, though, got to take a hot second and shout out our sponsors. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams. With it being the border war week, I can't think of a better company to support than Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, local, Colorado, we're doing all kinds of DNVR watch parties with them. They've got our backs. You should have theirs. Take some Avalanche Ale up to Laramie. Drink it. You know, Show them what that quality Colorado craft beer is all about. Up in Laramie, they don't know what it is. They're up there drinking you know, Coors Original and God knows what else, probably some Genesee and stuff like that. But down here in Fort Collins, down in Denver, we've got standards. This is the beer capital of the world. Breckenridge, proud to be associated with them. Love those guys. Check them out. Grab a six-pack wherever you buy your beer, local liquor store, grocery store. They're everywhere. They're delicious. Breckenridge Brewery. Alrighty, let's spend the last couple of minutes on this podcast talking about the brutal collapse that Colorado State suffered against Arkansas State at Moby Arena the other night. Man, just a true, true collapse. Up 17 at one point in the second half, still even led by 10 with five minutes to go. I mean, the defense was just, it was absolutely awful. It was really not what you were looking for out of this team. Basically, the uh, complete opposite of what they did against Loyola Marymount on the road uh, last weekend. So that that was a bummer. I mean, it's really, it's one of those where it's like, look, it was definitely one of the more discouraging home losses uh, in the last couple of years just because of the way they lost it. I mean, you're a big, I think Steve Ivey wrote uh, in his blog, uh, that, you know, I, he can't really remember a 17-point collapse in the second half uh, at home. I certainly can't either. So from that perspective, it was definitely disappointing, and I definitely understand why everyone was upset. It definitely was a not-so-exciting night, not a fun night to be on Twitter. Everyone was certainly uh, dwelling over the loss, and I think part of it is just combined with football. It's just been a really hard time to be a CSU fan, I would remind everyone, volleyball, men's golf, you know, even the basketball programs. Like, I know CSU lost, uh, the men's team lost the other night, but there's plenty of other reasons to be excited. Regardless, you know, let's keep things on track here. Almost started rambling about things that do not really matter to this context. Uh, the thing that really impressed me about this squad is, even though they really just, you know, they choked in the second half, that's the best way to put it. I don't want to you know, use too much hyperbole or anything like that, but they just did not give a good enough effort. You know, Nico Medved talked for seven minutes last night and he just repeatedly over and over again, it wasn't good enough. Disappointed with the effort. Uh, the youth is not an excuse for the fact that they did not give it their all, all these things. And that's good. You know, I, I liked the fact that everyone was accountable. Even Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy post game, both of them were like, you know, it was a, a wake-up call uh, in high school. When you get up big like that, you can kind of coast, and the games you're still probably going to win. That was clearly, you know, it's D1. It's a 
completely different ball game. They were, you know, they said all the right things. It's on them. They have to close. Uh, the fact that they're young is not an excuse. Everything. So the accountability factor, that was really encouraging. But obviously, you know, actions speak louder than words. How they respond after this is going to be much more crucial. They're going to hit the road uh, for an appearance in the Cayman Islands Classic. Have to take on a pretty talented New Mexico State team on uh, Monday at 9 a.m. You know, this New Mexico State team, not quite as strong as years past, but certainly still, you know, a threat, always a tough matchup. It seems like five or six years I'd, I'd have to look it up. I'll have um, better information as we get closer and, you know, still have till Monday on that game, but they've played definitely four years in a row. I think it might even be five now. Um, okay, yeah. So I'm really curious to see how CSU is able to respond. They got to play better defense. Uh, Three-point shooting has still been an issue. I've also just I've been a little bit concerned with how the half-court offense has looked in general. I really liked when they get out in transition, and you know part of that starts with getting stops. And Medved talked about that last night. He's like, "Well, yes, we're great in transition, but we can't get out in transition if the ball keeps going through the net." So, you know, great great transition offense starts with great defense. The defense has to be more consistent if they're ever going to, you know, be able to get out and run. That said, uh, when they are in the half court, I'd like to see them play uh, inside out more. And they did do a good job of getting to the rim. Uh, three of Arkansas State's five starters ended up fouling out. So CSU was able to get to the, the line repeatedly, and that's definitely good. That's definitely going to benefit them in future games if they do that. Normally, I don't think they're going to lose. <laughs> also, if you know most teams that they face aren't going to shoot 65% from three-point range, Arkansas State was just on fire. It was absolutely crazy. The defense was not good, but they also made a lot of trash shots. So, you know, t- to an extent, like that's just how it goes. They got hot. Uh, they were able to win. CSU's not able to respond. Even through all of that, CSU still had an opportunity to tie at the end weren't able to get the inbound to Nico Carvacho. I didn't love the inbound play. Um, I think it got disrupted a little bit. It looked like the guy on the paint kind of pushed Nico outside, and it just made the pass a little bit tough. I would have preferred to see them even, I don't know, push it to the outside and let somebody shoot a three in the corner or something like that. But regardless, you know, this game is going to be all about how they respond I wrote about this. One of the things that really interested me was, you know, Nico Medved basically alluded to the fact that it might not actually be the worst thing in the world that CSU lost this game because, you know, if Nico Carvacho ends up making that game tying layup, uh, let's say they foul him and he makes the free throw, they get three points on win, or it goes to overtime and CSU finds a way to win, then, you know, the mood's going to be really positive. It's going to be really upbeat, but that wouldn't have changed the fact that they played really poor defense, that they did all these things wrong. He's like, would you, you know, what you wouldn't accept in a loss, you can't accept in victory. So I liked it. I liked everything that everybody said post game. So if there is a silver lining, it just seems like, you know, everybody's accepting the fact that it has to be better, but we'll see. Actions speak louder than words. Uh, let's, let's close this podcast here with a little bit of audio from that post game presser. I just, I thought it was really refreshing to just hear Medved really just speak so openly about what needs to improve. And, you know, so many coaches, they try to 
BS you and, you know, beat around the bush and give all these non-answers. They'll speak for two minutes and not actually say anything. Medvin's pretty good about, you know, giving you quality answers, actually answering what you ask him. And so I just wanted to play a little bit of this audio. I thought it was really refreshing. Just Medved, you know, really kind of cutting into his team a little bit, but, you know, still optimistic. He's always optimistic. And he admitted that, you know, he loves this team. He loves where they're going, but, you know, this has to be a learning moment. It has to be a defining moment for this team. If you get up big, you got to find a way to close, especially at home. These are the losses that can really come back and kill you if you know you end up being one of those fringe NCAA tournament teams. That's always the goal. I mean, nobody's predicting CSU to be a tournament team at this point, uh, but that's the goal, and you always want to do everything that you can to put yourself in that position. You never, you never want to have any you know, bad losses that hold you back, so we'll see how they're able to respond. Definitely going to be interesting. Make sure you listen to the Border War Preview Podcast. Excited for that one. Excited for the game. Keep up with DNVR Rams through it all. Much love. Let's get that bronze boot back. Um, I thought that, you know, tonight, for the most part, uh, we were the complete opposite um, of everything that, you know, we had talked about or wanted to, to be, you know, developing an identity. Thought we had a really, really poor mindset on the defensive end. Uh, I thought, you know, when we got that lead in the second half, we looked like a team to me that kind of wanted it easy. I mean, I thought we our intensity level went way down. We were just kind of hoping, oh, you know, I think we'll get out of here with a win and get ready to head to the Cayman Islands. And, you know, some people might say, oh, they've made a bunch of shots. They did, but we deserved that. That's basketball. And, and uh, um, really disappointing uh, that we weren't able to do that here tonight. And I thought our defense was by far the poorest um, that we had played this year. And it wasn't a make or miss game to me. Uh, it was our defensive intensity really throughout the entire game, but it's particularly there in the second half. You guys obviously showed the aggression on the offensive end. You almost fouled out their entire starting lineup. How disappointing was it that that didn't translate to the other side as well? I mean, disappointing. I thought we had command of, 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 of the game there. And, again, I just thought our intensity level was really poor, you know. And, yeah, we didn't make a lot of shots, but we were attacking. We were getting, you know, good good stuff that way. And um, we had to win this game on, on defense. We had to guard better. I mean, they just put their head down. We're getting – Transition defense was poor. Uh, we were not connected. We couldn't guard the ball. Our rotations were bad. Uh, they started getting to the offensive glass. I mean, we just constantly let the ball get driv- driven to the middle. And so I don't know what the why that was. I mean, this is a team that, for the most part, you know, has been pretty good that way. But this one's going to sting, and it should sting. You know, it should it should sting. You know, because um, I thought we had the game control. And you got to give them credit. And we told them, "Tell me, this that team is not going to quit. They were going to keep coming at us." Um, and they did. And then, boy, they got hot and started to get some some momentum and um, couldn't hold them off.